morning. Got to be honest, okay, it's the first time I've ever preached with an iPad. So technology, 21st century, and it doesn't recognize my face. That's not a good start, is it? Okay, I think we're there. Um, oh, I've brought something with me this morning. I hope that's all right. Tim, can you gently, gently, okay, very carefully, can you pass it? I've brought something that's quite important in our house. It's not, right, don't judge me, okay? It's not the most important thing, but it is a bit important, okay? Are you ready? Just checking it was still in there. Be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Okay. TV controls. Okay. If you are a parent and you've put your kids to bed quite proudly and you're sitting there smugly and the TV's still playing CBBs and you can't find this, you know the torment. Because quite often on TVs nowadays, you can't just press the button on to change the channel. You can't just put it on what you want. No, you are left there for the next 12 hours until someone reads that bedtime story on CBeebies. But do you know what? In our house, this can be found in many locations, this TV control. It can be found on the kitchen table. It can be found on the kitchen side. It's even found in bedrooms. It can be found in the toilet. Because if you know anything and have ever experienced, the person that holds this has the power. The TV channel does not get changed. And especially if you've ever had a sibling or if you've got your own children, or if you've got nephews and nieces, you must know children somewhere along the line. Whoever holds this has the power. I'm not going to say who's the worst in our house, but Tim has been known, okay? I'm just saying, and to be honest, I will confess, because I don't want to blame him completely. When it comes to the rugby and Wales are playing, nobody is getting it off me. But did you know in 2016 there was actually a uh, survey by the licensing people who you pay your TV license. What they did with that money was they did a survey of what this is called. And I bet if I ask a load of you this morning, you'd give me lots of different names. But I'm going to read you the top 10 names. You wondered what your license fee was for? This is the sort of information you're after. Remote was number one. Doofa, Zapper, Clicker, Flicker, Thingy-Majig, Switcher, Whatchamacallit, The Controller or Controls, and Gizmo. Now, in our house, there are many more. If you just Google, there are many more if you're that interested. Um, in our house, it is called The Controls. That's what we shout for. Who's hidden the controls? Who's got the controls? Where are the controls? And do you know what? It's quite apt, really, because the definition of control is the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. <sighs> I can testify wholeheartedly that that definition and this thing powered by two AAA batteries has that much power. It may not in your life, but in my world sometimes, that feels like the biggest thing that's going on. And, you know, I think control, because we're talking this morning about breaking chains, and we're going to talk about breaking the chains of control. And I think control's really, really sneaky. It's really sneaky. Because 
It actually winds itself round lots of things. It winds itself round fear, anxiety, worries, insecurities. It wraps itself round unforgiveness, hurt, past. It wraps itself round stress because what we tend to do, what sometimes can happen is, oh, I'm not anxious because I'm in control. Oh, I've got nothing to fear because I've organised my day exactly down to the T of what we're having at tea time. I, I've, got nothing, I've got nothing to fear because I'm completely in control. I'm so organised. You know, parents, if you take your kids to school, this, this first beginning bit of this week's going to be okay. Up until Wednesday for me, it's going to be okay because I'm in control. I drop them off. At about 20 to 8, I pick them up at 3. I'm in control because I've delegated that bit of the day. Come Thursday, school summer holidays. Oh, we got to be in control of them, haven't we? If you've got kids, you've got to be in control. You know, you need to have it organised or it can just all come and bite you. But I think sometimes we can even use all those emotions, the fears and anxieties, to legitimise our ability to be in control. We, we go, well, how I cope with this is that actually I'm, I'm in control of this. And, and that's okay, because, you know, that's not going to get the better of me because I'm in control over here. Now, if you're a visual learner this morning, hopefully this will make sense. If you're not a visual learner, I'm going to apologise now and just close your eyes and listen to me instead. Okay? Because hopefully this would work. But I'd like to introduce you to someone. I'd like, you to, introdu- I'd like to introduce you to Ben. Ben, please come and join me. Now, for any of you who don't know, Ben is your average guy. He is married, okay, he's got family, he's got, he's got a daughter, he's got wider family, he's got, he's got friends. Ben went to school, primary school, followed by secondary, then college, yeah? Then went on to university, did a degree. Ben's had several jobs over the years, he's now got a job here, working at church. And um, Ben's relationships, Ben's finance, We're all aware of finance at the moment, aren't we? Let's face it, if anyone hasn't heard about the cost of living, you must have had your head buried in the sand. Because it's quite topical at the moment, the cost of living. And and Ben likes to stay in touch with all of these things. Ben likes to stay in touch with his relationships. He likes to keep in contact. He likes to to text. I'm sure he texts and phones his mum. He'd probably text his wife, hopefully, at some point. And um, he also likes to control his finances. He likes to know what's happening because he likes to be able to buy presents for his wife. He likes to be able to go out for an evening. He'd like to buy presents for his wife and he'd like to go out for the evening. And um, Ben, I have the privilege of working with Ben. He's diligent, diligent about his work. He will go above and beyond. And do you know what? Ben holds on to these things. He he touches base with all of them. And then one day, Ben met Jesus. So this morning, we've got Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, come and stand just about here, please. Now, Ben 
then one day decided that he heard the message, he'd say sorry for the things he'd done wrong in his life, and he decided to say to Jesus that he wanted him to come into his life and that he'd start, they'd start walking together through life. So they start walking together. They're not really going to walk because we've only got a short stage. But instead, they're going to hold hands. And do you know what? Things start going all right for Ben. And life continues as usual. And he stays in contact with these three things that could be many things in our lives. These three areas in our lives. We could have multiples up here. But he likes to check that his uh, relationships are meeting his expectations. He likes to check that his finances are meeting his expectations. And that work is meeting his expectations as well. But at some point, one of these things, like kids, start to misbehave. Okay, one of these things starts to misbehave. And, um, and it can get a bit messy. And if any of you have got kids or have taught in a classroom or have observed even a playground, kids don't tend to just misbehave in ones. Once one starts, the other sees the opportunity. And it just keeps going. And Ben's still in control, though. Ben's still holding on. He's with Jesus. He's in control of his finances. He knows what is on the banking app. He knows what's happening. And Ben just keeps going. (laughs) This is the city equivalent of Maypole dancing. (laughs) And Ben keeps going. He keeps walking with Jesus. And he keeps controlling his life. Now, I don't know if any of you can actually identify with Ben, because sometimes it's always easier to think of somebody else that that actually works for, rather than yourself. And you know what? It would be really mean of me to stand here and and testify about Ben's life, because the reality is, I'm not Ben. So I'm going to take the ropes off, Ben. And is there any way, Ben, that you can... (laughs) He's good. He's good. Thank you very much, gents. Now, I can testify about holding on, okay? I can testify that we can hold on to our finances. We can hold on to our relationships, or relationships hold on to us. We can hold on to our finances and our work for our identity. And with the other hand, we hold on to Jesus. But do you know what? This position isn't sustainable. This position doesn't, doesn't mean you're living. Because what we do is we, we pray to Jesus. We say, Jesus, sort these situations out. Jesus, please, I'm pleading with you. Take this away from me. Sort it out. Jesus, give me the strength and the wisdom because I'm holding on. I'm holding on, Jesus, to these situations. I just want you to step in and intervene. And Jesus is there patiently waiting. And you're still... You're still pleading, but you can't sustain it. And do you know what? The A34, just before the Hanford roundabout, you've got a BP garage on your right-hand side. That's my moment. 
Forget the hilltop moment. Forget the sunrise, the sunset. Forget that encounter, the A34. Jesus said, you're holding on with one hand to that. You're holding on with the other hand to me. We can't do it like this. So what I realized was, do you know what? Jesus, take that. I relinquished my control. Now let's be clear here, because I don't want to get this wrong. I didn't do this. Can I have them back a minute, Jesus? I didn't do this and walk off. That's not what relinquishing control is about. I gave them to Jesus and then I clung with both hands to Jesus. Not because I'm super special, because he was the only one. You see, he, he died so that I could give him all of that. I could give him everything. And all I have to do, I don't have to hold on to, to three lengths of rope. I just have to hold on to Jesus. And he's got all that rope. He's got all those problems. And the best bit is, with Jesus, none of that entangles him. Because Jesus has all authority over heaven and earth... He can bring the light into the darkness. He can bring form out of chaos because of who he is, not because of me. All I've got to do is just give it to him and cling on. If you've ever seen The Snail and the Whale, it's a classic. It's a film. All the snail does is sits on the end of the whale and enjoys the ride. That's all she had to do. And the whale took her on some amazing adventures. Thank you, Jesus. So when we let relinquish control, we actually become complete in Christ. Actually, everything starts to make sense. And I genuinely feel like I could stop now and I could sit down. But... I'm sure this situation isn't unique. Being tangled up in all those things that you think, do you know what, I, could just, I can't get it off. I can't get them off, they're heavy, they're weighing me down. I've got to stay in control because what happens if I let go of control? And we face that and you may have faced it. I know I've faced it. And actually I believe there's passages in the Bible that talk about that. And we're gonna read one this morning. And it's from Luke chapter 8, verse 43. Right, Jesus has, he was initially over the other side of the lake. Then he's come back over this other side in the boat. And he's arrived there. And he was actually on his way to go and heal someone. Okay, and it starts, as Jesus started to go with him to his home, because this guy had asked him to come to his house to heal his daughter. Okay, a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she'd spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. 
Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone touched me, who was it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Master, everyone's touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. Jesus replied, but I felt power surge through me. Somebody touched me to be healed and they received their healing. When the woman realized that she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. Jesus responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me released your healing. You may go with my peace. There's three lessons that I think we can learn with, from this woman. We don't even know her name. She's in, in the Bible for a total of five verses, and it's almost a bit of a, a sub-story to the main plot. But three lessons that we can learn. The first thing is we need to recognize our reality. And sometimes in society today, it feels a bit like, what is my reality? You can have virtual reality, augmented reality. You know, I was chatting with some people yesterday that were telling me about different ways that other churches have done it, where you can wear a VR headset, and I'm like, oh, you're messing with my head now. I tried on my brother's VR headset, and I ended up like this, (laughs) because I was walking uphill, but I wasn't. I was actually in the kitchen, and it just messed with my head too much. It was like, whoa, can't cope with that. But this woman's reality in this... um, in this passage, it's easy to forget because we read it in the context of the New Testament. But actually, her reality was in the context of the Old Testament. Her reality it can be found in the book of Leviticus. Now, you can all breathe a sigh of relief because if you've ever read Leviticus, I'm not about to read it to you. Okay, Leviticus is a book all about... Moses and God trying to teach a nation to become holy in a culture of the time that really wasn't. That's as simply as I can put it. Okay, it's trying to put things in place to help a nation grow and develop their relationship with God and come closer to God. And it's really, really detailed. It's got a lot of detail in. If you've never read the Bible or you want to start reading the Bible, don't start with Leviticus. Okay? I encourage you to read the Bible, please hear me, but please don't start with Leviticus, okay? Now, in Leviticus, it outlines this woman's situation, and it is a lot of detail because God's in the detail of your life. He loves every detail of your life. He loved this woman, and the reality of her situation was this woman was considered unclean. She wasn't well. She was bleeding. She was unclean. Anything that she lay on, her bed was unclean. Nobody else would lie on the same bed. The reality was that even her chair was unclean. Now, anybody that touched anything that she touched then became, oh, come on, it's not complicated. They became, okay, anyone that she touched became unclean. Nobody in society would want anything to do with her. Her family 
couldn't touch anything she'd touched, couldn't touch her because they'd become unclean. She was completely isolated. And you know what? She couldn't even go to the tabernacle or the church at that time. She wouldn't have been allowed in because she was unclean. That's her reality. What's your reality? What are we all living under or in control of? Now, you may sit there and say, I'm not, nothing, nothing's got control on me. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm not under any control. And that's fantastic. But what I would encourage you to do, because God's really gracious and he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. It says there that the blind will see. We're going to sing a song at the end, Amazing Grace. The blind eyes will see. What spots of blindness have we got in our lives? that we don't see? What spots have we got where we don't see the control that's either placed upon us or that we're holding on to? Let's ask Jesus this morning to open our blind eyes to see because he's not finished with you yet. You're not done. You haven't made it. We're all on a journey. And once we've done that, there's another bit in the Bible One of those dangerous prayer bits that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. (sighs) Test me, O Lord, and know my heart. (sighs) See, I'm quite an organized person. It doesn't necessarily mean, I'm going to have to be careful what I say now because my husband's in. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm always in control. But this scripture helps God show me, is this control or is this just me being organized? Because there's nothing wrong with being organized. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't want you to walk away feeling condemned and, oh, I've just got to let life happen to me. No, 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 no. Test me and know. Open my eyes, God. Let me see what you see. Know my heart in this. Is this a control thing or is it just that we're organized for once? We've actually gone on holiday with all the luggage and the kids do have clothes to wear for the next week. We've been known to leave them behind, not the kids, the luggage. Okay, just to clear that up. So the first thing is recognize your reality. And I'd really encourage you, take some time, ask God to open your eyes and your heart. The second thing, reach. Relinquish control and reach. The woman in this story reached out to Jesus. Do you know what? She was amongst a crowd. There was a crowd surrounding Jesus waiting. They were curious to see what Jesus was going to do. It's a bit like, yeah, come on, Jesus, what are you going to do? You've come back this side of the lake. What are you going to show us? No, she wasn't satisfied with the curiosity. 
She reached out. She reached beyond everyone else, reached beyond her own reality, because in reality, she shouldn't have even been there. But she reached out beyond her constraints that she'd lived under for 12 years and reached out with intent. Don't just reach out to Jesus a bit like, yeah, yeah, take it or leave it, yeah. No, 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 no. Reach out to the Son of God with intent. Reach out, recognize your reality, but be deliberate with your intention. Because that brings freedom. Her reality changed in an instant. Her freedom came. She was complete. And you know what we said earlier, how she was unclean and anyone touched her would be unclean? Not when Jesus... Just like Jesus on the stage didn't get wrapped up in all the ropes, Jesus wasn't made unclean because he's the son of God. He can't be unclean. He can't be challenged. He doesn't sit there worrying about your finances or your relationships. He's clean. He's pure. He can make all things new. So reach out in faith and relinquish control. And then the third thing is receive restoration. I've got a bit of a confession. I've just spilled water on the floor, not that. I've got a bit of a confession. I actually, um, TV watching, my husband will ridicule me for the films I choose. And that's fine, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm secure in that. But I actually quite like the repair shop. The repair shop, BBC One. It's grown in popularity, initially started off as a midday thing, apparently, I wasn't there, was, uh, but it's now moved to prime time TV. So I'm obviously not on my own in the pre- appreciation of it. But the best thing about it is, it's not like the Antiques Roadshow where they turn up and they go, oh, I found this clock in the attic and turns out it's worth £28,000. Will you sell it? Well, <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. It's... People turn up with the bits in a bag and they're like, I can't throw it away because it was my, my nan's. I can't, I can't throw it away because it was my uncle's and, and I really love it. Although it doesn't work, it doesn't do anything, but I do have memories of when it did. And financially, these things aren't really worth value-wise. They've got no financial value. But the worth to those families and those people that bring them in is, it's priceless. And do you know what? That's how Jesus views us. The world may think our value financially is not great. You may not have the biggest salary. You may not have the most friends. You may not have the highest paid job. But do you know what? Oh, he loves you. Your worth is far more than we can possibly imagine. And Jesus is in that business of restoration. Forget the repair shop, it's great. The two old ladies that knit the teddies, love them. Jesus is way better. And he's in the business of restoration. This woman who'd lived in constraint for 12 years was fully restored. Not only was she restored in her identity, because she goes from that woman who was unclean to beloved daughter, She's restored from health to 
unhealthy to fully healed. She's restored from a place of isolation to now having a community in which she can fully engage. She's now having a place of complete separation from family to a complete place of intimacy. God doesn't just restore one bit. He can't because he's a whole God. He's fully restored in all completeness because in him we are made complete. I love what Jesus says to the woman at the end. In verse 48 it says, Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me released your healing. You may go with my peace. My peace. So peace isn't a warm, fuzzy feeling. Well, we think it is. That's how our English language interprets it. But when we think about Jesus and the words that he used, it actually means shalom, which is so much more than a fuzzy feeling. Shalom actually means prosperity, well-being, wholeness, completeness. It's so much more than inner calm. And, you know, you may be sitting there this morning thinking, but Ree, you haven't got a clue about my situation. You haven't got a clue what I live under. You haven't got a clue what I have to hold together because if I didn't hold it together, and you're right, I don't know each and every individual situation, but I do know this Jesus in this story lives today. And what he achieved then, he's still achieving right now. And there's no end to that. And whether you're coming out from under control, whether that's what you're choosing today, or whether you're relinquishing the control that you've held on, I know he's going to meet you. I've got faith that he's going to meet you. And we've got a really random picture in our house. And I've had many comments on it. People asking me if I'm into motorbikes because of this picture. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really not into motorbikes. And it's the paint, it's not the original, it's the patent drawing for the sidecar and the motorbike. And that picture sits and it's my reminder, not about motorbikes, not about sidecars, because that, that's not me. But where am I sitting? Am I sitting on the motorbike, in control, enjoying the accelerator, revving the engine, control of the brakes, the gears, the steering? Or am I sitting in the sidecar? Now, if I'm sitting in the sidecar, who's sitting on the motorbike? Because somebody's sitting on the motorbike. Someone's sitting there. Some relationship's there. And who is it? And Jesus reminds me that this isn't just a momentary thing. This is an everyday choice that I have to make. And in Luke 9, it says that Jesus was saying, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, from the hard times, from the tough times, from the times when it's not living up to your expectations. Embrace it. 
follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help, there's lots of self-help books out there, is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. And do you know what? Jesus didn't just say these words, he put them into practice because just before he died on the cross, he said, your will, not mine. And the final thing is that when we do relinquish control, his grace. His grace is more than sufficient to cover your lack of control. His grace, his mercy. Paul in the Bible talks about having a thorn in his side, something completely out of his control. And he prays and he prays, take it away from me. And God's response, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds a way it's full expression through your weakness. His grace is more than enough for your lack of control. So this morning, if this message in any way has made you think, what am I holding on to? I'm holding on to getting those results those medical results or am I holding on I'll be all right when I've got my my GCSEs or my A-levels or my degree life will be fine then I'll be all right I'll be in control or are you willing to hold on to Jesus and I just really felt as I was mulling over this message and and sort of God what what do you want me to say because it's not easy it's not comfortable and I just really felt God say that with me, God, there's grace and love. Rest in me. There is no longer a need to hold on to it all. There's no longer a need to hold it all together. Relinquish control and reach for me and allow me to restore all things to you. I am the God of restoration who brings all things to completion, who brings all things to their fullness. And this morning, I'm gonna read that again. And if that strikes a chord in your heart, I just ask you to really simply say amen, to acknowledge your agreement, to acknowledge those words in your heart. And then we're gonna celebrate because by faith, this woman was healed. By reaching out, she was healed. And this morning, those words are gonna reach out and we are gonna sing about God's amazing grace that breaks chains, that sets people free. So if you could stand to your feet. And I'm gonna read these words again. And if you feel that they work, say amen. If they don't, that's fine. There's gonna be people over to the side who can pray with you, who can chat it through. And, and just to say, if you don't know anything about that relationship between us and Jesus, there's gonna be people over to the side that will talk to you about that too, because don't miss that opportunity. So, with me, God, there is grace and love. 
rest in me. There is no longer a need to hold it all together. Relinquish control, reach for God and allow Him to restore all things. I am the God of restoration who brings all things to completion, who brings all things into their fullness.